Yo, what's happening, everybody? Just Jerome Thornton checking in for the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. We are on uh, volume number 79 of the Quarantine Lean Edition um, of the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. So I'd like to thank you all again for tuning in. Um, as you all know, there's been a whole lot of different things going on um, in the world. Man, everybody's still coming at Kevin Samuels for whatever reason. I'm including Russ59. That's my guy. I listen to all of his music. He's one of the hottest hip-hop artists. Uh, I'm not going to actually be covering that subject tonight. Uh, also, Damon Lillard snapped out for the double nickel, um, but still lost to the Denver Nuggets, as predicted. Not exactly sure if Camelo is going to retire, but um, he definitely didn't come through in the clutch. But um, that's still my guy. Um, now for tonight's, I guess, T, you know, well, before we get to that, um, before we get to that, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade's son, who's transitioning to be, uh, a girl took a picture. And basically, if you didn't know that he was or he is a boy, you almost couldn't even tell. I had a long Facebook conversation about this today. And a lot of people are looking at this and just saying, hey, you know, this is something new. This is something um, that we all should be proud of on how Dwayne and Gabby is um, supporting their, you know, their son slash daughter. And we should all learn from this in regards to supporting our kids. And I'm like, you know, let's pull some layers back from this just for a moment. Um, first thing is, is that kids have curfews, Right. Kids are not allowed to, you know, do certain things, have weapons. Um, they're not allowed to have earrings at a certain age. Girls are not allowed to put on makeup. Um, boys are not allowed to walk to the store and do different things. It's different levels to raising children and supporting children. Say, for instance, if your daughter wanted to take up karate or cheerleading, it's different levels. And, you know, I sprinkled that in and then, you know, a lot of people was like, hey, you know what, Jerome? Um, I don't agree. You know, I think that they're great parents and this and this and this. And I was like, you know what? Look, the message that's being sent to black boys is this. Right. Young, impressionable minded black boys. Is that you could be a girl. Let's just say, for instance, all things considered. If this thought process penetrates and becomes the norm. I'm 43 years old. I'm 43 years old. If the Lord bless me, hopefully I make it to see 80, 90, 100. But, but let, you know. 
Picture this outcome 30 years from now. Where these people have grown up and our generation starts to die. You know what that means? That means that a lot of masculine male leadership has gone out of the door. That means that children per family is going to go down even lower. Our population rate is going to go down almost to record lows. See, when people start talking about these things, they always talk about the they focus the situation on the child. Right. But they never look long term. It's always a short term conversation. No one never wants to look 40 years down the road and say, hey, if our black boys start to do this, then this is what's going to happen. Because, it, you know, it's all cool when um, I, I guess this dude's name is Billy Porter. Right. When he's walking out in front of these prestigious crowds. Of European people or I don't give a damn who they was. But then. Guess what, though? And he has on these dresses and people are like, oh, my God, and this and this and this and. They're admiring him. See, this does something. I would imagine it has to. The attention. The amount of attention. But guess what? What the fuck are these crowds when he comes out and he says he's HIV positive? You don't see these people circling around him now. What the fuck are these supporters at now? Where are these people talking about, oh my God, he's so br Where are they at now? And hopefully this man is able to overcome and sustain the HIV virus because of the um, advances in technology within the medical field concerning HIV and AIDS. And I'm not using that to try to down him, but I'm just, this is the truth. This is the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. I'm keeping it real. So before I get into, I just wanted to put that out there, y'all. I mean, right now, we are going back and forth with each other. I'm going to let you know an experience that I have today that really, really bothered me but it didn't because I understand one thing black women do not have a problem challenging another black man even about the most simplest thing gonna let you know what I witnessed today 
a woman called in and she said, hey, I sent in a change of beneficiary form and I forgot to sign it. And I also sent another one in and I signed it. I said, you know what? No problem. I'd be more than happy to help you with that. I said, before we move forward, though, I just want to inform you about who your beneficiaries are. She said, did you hear me? I said, ma'am, I, I, I did hear you and I understood you. And I let you know before we move forward, I wanted to let you know who your beneficiaries were before I checked. Because if we received the information and it was filled out correctly, the beneficiaries should be on your account now. She was like, you know what? Let me speak with a supervisor. You're playing with me. I didn't say nothing. I was like, hey, you know what? It's no problem, ma'am. I'll be able to go ahead and let you speak with a supervisor. You know, X, Y, Z, play store on hold, this and this and this. And, you know, at this point in time, she's really, she was really, really ready for me to like try to combat like what she said. Nope. I'm not going to I'm not going to go back and forth with her. But she was really, really ready to start a petty, a petty argument. Right. So. I'm just trying to throw these things out. I, 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 I seen I seen a black man in the store. Yo, what's going on with you, my guy? He braced up. What's happening with you, homie? Not much, man. What a fish, what a fish biting at. I'm a hustler. Man, I just I just stay out the way, man. Word. But that was his way of letting me know that he with the shit. And he out here, you know, on some gang shit. On some drug shit. And when I tell you all this, that we're in a world of trouble if we don't snap out of the bullshit but excuse me Dr. Shazada Ali she stated that there is going to become a time when all of this when all of these petty arguments and petty fighting and all of that shit is going to stop because we're going to be in such a dismal situation that we're going to have to band together. True leadership is needed in our community. We have, we have black boys and black men killing each other. When I was younger, I thought that this was natural. I thought that this was a way of life. The older that I get, I see that is sickening. It is horrible. It is a sin before God. And that nobody won't step up and say, hey, look, man. Get y'all. Hey, look, at this point in time, man, we love y'all, bro. But we cannot continue to let y'all destroy the hood, bro. And destroy y'all selves. 
We can't we can't continue to do that. So what we going to do? We're not getting married anymore. We're not having children anymore. Our 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 forefathers and ancestors had less, but they were doing more. They had more land than us. They had more money than us. They had bigger families than us. They were healthier than us. They were smarter than us. But we have access to the most information. It's gotten to the point now to where we are so smart. As black people, we will encourage a black boy to cut off his reproductive organs because he feels a certain way. And once he does that, he's going to challenge the woman about who is the most natural person. Shit has just gotten out of hand, my guy. But check this out. Okay, so now we're getting into the meat of the situation, right? Y'all heard me say that we need leadership. I mean, at this point in time, man, shit, I used to think that the nation of Islam was not um, able because I was looking at it from a religious standpoint. But man, damn do these people be putting it down, bro. Like even some of the even some of the things that I used to enjoy. I used to drink real heavy, y'all. You know, partying every weekend and shit. And you know what? Don't get me wrong, shit. I still, you know, have tequila and smoke cigarettes. I do that. You see what I'm saying? But when we talk about What makes a man? These people are delivering the message. So what's the meat of the conversation? Is it in native is it a nation of Islam tonight on a chicken and Kool-Aid podcast? No, it's not. Salute to those brothers and sisters, though. What I'm speaking about is is Naomi. Osaka. At this point in time, Naomi has been fined $15,000 from the French Open um, for not taking part in interviews. Um, Naomi wrote them a letter in private and let them know that she will not be participating in any interviews. The Fresh Open responded to Naomi and asked her to comply with her contractual agreement, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's for the Australian Open and, and, and 
a couple of other terminus as well. Naomi is saying no. Um, she doesn't want to do it. Um, she is she is protecting her mental health. Now, of course, this is coming. This information is coming from. Um, let's see. There's a couple different areas. I'm going um, NBC. NBC.com, you know, there's multiple news outlets, uh, The Guardian, CNET, a lot of different areas. Let's, um, let's visit, let's visit, um, CNN. And this is. Um, it says her decision to pull out of the competition came after the tournament. Also called. Ronald Garros fined her $15,000 for not speaking to the media following her first round match on Sunday. And then she cited mental health reasons. The four-time major champion announced on Twitter last Wednesday that she would not participate in any news tournaments at the tournament and announcing her subsequent decision to withdraw from the tournament. She revealed that she suffered long bouts of depression since winning her first Grand Slam in 2018. Now, of course, we have the gravy train going on. And see, this is the reason why, y'all, a lot of people don't deal with me in a certain way because I'm always objective. And I want to be as fair as possible. This young lady is a very, very smart, intelligent lady. But I call BS on her mental health and depression statement. You want to know why? Because she's also a spokesperson for Black Lives Matter. She stated that she's having some difficulty in regards to public speaking. Y'all, she's lying. She's lying, y'all. And you have athletes and all of these people that are coming out saying, oh, my God, she is so brave. No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, right is right and wrong is wrong. And by the way, this happened three years ago. So here's what I'm saying. When you when you put mental health and depression in front of a scenario, you know what, damn it, you better be able to back that shit up. Because me, I have a mental health background. And at one point in time, I needed to get counseling as well.
So what is the message that she is saying? Did she come with any type of information from her from her therapist, from her psychiatrist, stating that, you know what, there were some traumatic events. This is this is how it could have happened. Hey, you know what? I've been seeing my therapist for X amount of years. There were some traumatic events or events that I thought that were traumatic that has me, um, that has my anxiety levels that are going up every time I'm in a press conference for X, Y, Z. As a result of that, at this point in time, I'm not going to be able to do interviews. Um, and this is coming via my therapist or my psychiatrist. My treatment plan, my medication that I'm on has me on this path of growth. And hopefully in the future, I would be able to withstand these interviews. It was nothing like that. She came strictly from a very, very selfish standpoint. She came from a very, very entitled standpoint. Come on now. And, and, and see, this is what this is what I'm talking about, because guess what? She is a role model. Not only for people that's playing tennis, but once she put the mental health and depression and anxiety in front of that. Guess what? That takes you into a whole different lane. And guess what? People that wake up with depression and anxiety and mental health issues. Guess what? They can't turn their back on their job. They can't say, hey, to their significant other. Or to their family, you know, what? hey, I just don't feel like it today. And just to let everybody know. That mental health, when you're getting the help and you're putting in the work, this gives you the tools and the strength and coping mechanisms to navigate life easier, to understand what your triggers are, to be able to control to be in control. I looked at what she did was a slap in the face. I went back and I looked 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 and I'm like, okay, so what is the French open doing to her? She talked about a time back in 2019 that she started crying. She is stating that she is an introvert and she doesn't like a lot of attention. Sweetheart, I'm sorry that you're an introvert and you don't like to have a lot of attention, but the media is not going nowhere. This is what you signed up for. Now, if these people they're going to be rough with you. The world is rough, baby. See, this is what I'm talking about. Now her, now she is married or no, not married, but her boyfriend, 
Young Corday. I'm not exactly sure if they're still together or not, but they were at one point in time. He's at some of these tennis matches matches and he's saying it's a different experience xyz because of the amount of white people that's there hey young man welcome to the world and i'm not doing this to take a shot at her but you know what what you did and how you did it it was almost like it was your way of the highway and if you guys can't see it from my standpoint then fuck it i just won't play it all That's poor sportsmanship in my eyes. Because there's quotes out there from her that said, have these people been mean to you? No. Now, if this were Serena Williams or Venus Williams, it's no doubt about it. The, 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 the French Open, the Australian Open, the U.S., all of these people hate their guts because they have dominated for so long. And if anybody that's a friend of this podcast know when they ask who's the most dominant athlete, and this is how you know I'm not biased at all. I say it without a doubt is Serena Williams. The most dominant? You better you better believe that. So for all the people that's out there is like asking, well, you know what is Jerome uh um, a fan of tennis. Come on, man. Martina Navratilova, uh, Vina Garrison, um, Steffi Graf, uh, Jennifer Capriati. All I'm on that. Okay. Like seriously, 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 seriously on that. You know, and then I could come across, you know, with uh, Pete Sanfris, uh, Jeff Blake. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You see what I'm saying? I mean, so don't come at me like I don't know my sports and I don't know tennis. Okay. John McElroy. I mean, come on now. Only thing I'm only thing I'm saying is, is that how she put it. And she had these words in front of that. It didn't seem as though that that's what happened at all. Because what I'm saying is, sweetheart, if you weren't prepared mentally to fulfill the role, then why then why take on the tournament at all? I want nothing but the best for Naomi. I want her to be a rising and budding star. And once she makes it to that point, to be there for the longest time. And this is what she said. Well, I'm just going to take some time away from tennis. And she felt that the rules were outdated. And hopefully she could work with, like, who? The uh, French Open and the Australian Open. And, and like, like, hold on, sweetheart. Who do you think you are? Like, seriously, they don't have to do that. This is their organization. They're allowing you to be a part and showcase your skill. You just can't come up in there and 
have them to change everything because it doesn't suit your needs and you didn't come to them professionally. You can't write someone a letter and just say, this is what I want. Meet my demands or else. And I'm looking at the athletes and I'm just like, So this is where we're at now. And it's almost like, and I'm watching and I'm just like, okay, so LeBron James walks off the court, five minutes left. Is that real sportsmanship, LeBron? And this is my guy. You can't face getting your ass whooped as a team? So you didn't want to face the scrutiny of the media. Oh, I got it. Hey, man, look, this is what you all signed up for. Kwame Brown, and again, this is my guy, was not prepared to come to the NBA. Let's be honest, y'all. He broke his hand, so what? He was the number one pick. He managed to stay in the league 13 years. Salute to this man. Everybody's saying, oh, Kwame this. Um, the GMs, they gave him a bad name. Goddamn, Kwame still had to get out there and play. And at least live up to some of the hype. He didn't develop a jump shot. He didn't develop a post move. He wasn't dominant defensively. He wasn't an excellent rebounder. These things are the truth, y'all. Now, if Michael Jordan um, killed his confidence, that's one thing. But God damn it, he didn't play with Michael Jordan his whole entire career. Hell, I think Michael Jordan even signed him to a contract. We have to stop with these weak analogies, y'all. Because guess what? That mentality is going to roll over to the next generation. We have to be stern. We have to, us now, the people that's 30 on to 45 to 50, we have to start setting these examples now. What are we giving back to our generation what are we giving to the next generation? What jewels are we really, really dropping to them? I feel responsible. When I was living in the town, when I was living in Elgin, every kid that came to Wing Park, somehow they knew who I was. You want to know why? Because I made it a point. I didn't, I didn't allow any fighting around me. I didn't allow older people or bullies to come out there and bully the kids. You want to know why? Because guess what? Bullies are not good for children. Everybody knew that there was a safe environment. Then all of a sudden, all the kids stopped coming to the park.
Not sure what happened. But after that, a lot of kids got addicted to drugs and different things like that. So am I on board with what she did and how she did it? Hell no. If those damn people was mistreating Naomi, then guess what? I would be with her. But from the evidence that I seen, the French Open was not mistreating this young woman. And on her own, because she didn't want to do a three to four minute interview, she chose to step down. And to me, that was poor sportsmanship. That is a very, very disrespectful and entitled way to represent yourself, young lady. And you cannot scapegoat anxiety and mental health. I'm not exactly sure if you've been getting treatment for your anxiety and mental health since 2018. But if you have. I would love to speak with your therapist or your psychiatrist because they're not giving you the tools that you need to be productive in today's society and be able to communicate to the world without going into some form of toxic depression. But at this point in time, y'all, um, man, I got to listen up support on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Man, y'all tweet my podcast. Y'all share the podcast. Y'all check me. You know what I'm saying? Because I know some of the content that I deliver is on edge. Right? But I want us as a people to grow, to get out of this mind frame of everything is going to be done for us. And somehow it's a racial scenario that is going to come out of. No, ladies and gentlemen. Us as black people, we're going to have to do the work for black people, buy black people, build for black people. Create our own black wealth. It's nothing else that we it's nothing else that we could come from out of this. We don't have our own food source, y'all. Just for a minute, let me let y'all know what happened to me. Another scenario. Hey, look, I'm not racist, y'all. I got all types of friends. Right? Some of my friends are trans. One of my friends are trans. Even though I don't support what she did, I still love her slash him right now. She's my Facebook friend. We were in second grade together. And if I see her or him and someone tries or an attempt to harm him since she's made the transition and I'm around, I'm not allowing that bullshit. I have Muslim friends, I have Asian friends, I have white friends, Hispanic friends. I really do. 
So I'm in the grocery store over the weekend. I go to this place every Saturday to get my um to get my lunch, you know, slat breakfast slash lunch, brunch. And man, when I tell you this Hispanic restaurant or grocery store is all of it, man. I mean, they have a really nice meat selection. The vegetable selection is really, really, truly what I'm impressed with. But they also serve hot food. I go there and it's $7.99 per pound for any meat, regardless of what you're getting. So I didn't see the the waitress. I let dude know that I'm doing this and I'm ordering my food for here. Okay, cool. I let him know what I want. I go buy me two sodas. I'm waiting for them to bring my chips and salsa and water as they would if somebody was eating here. The dude calls me up. He's like, yo, you got to pay for this. And I'm like, yo, I was I like I told you this is for here. Like, why am I paying for this now? Okay. Whatever. They ring the food up. It's like $17. All right, cool. I got some um, some shrimp, um, some carnitas, a pound of rice, um, three uh, tortillas, and a half a pound of beans, I think. So I tell, him, I, I tell the guy, I'm like, hey, man, I'm eating this for here. So can you like bring the food back, this, that, and the third? And dude was like, no. I have it packaged. And I'm like, man, didn't you just hear me tell you that I wanted my food for here? And I'm like, well, he's like, well, um, here is a fork and some napkins. And I'm like, man, I'm not eating out of those containers, bro. I want a plate. I want my I want my chips and salsa. No, I'm not doing that. This guy actually refused to do the right thing. He called the manager up. Mind you, I'm the only black person in the area. But I'm like, why are you, why is this dude making it an issue like that I'm starting a problem? I'm not starting a problem. It 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 went bad. It did. I'm saying this to say this, right? This is the position that black people are in. There could become a time to where that this food that we're getting from other nationalities. They can just say no. What would happen if they say no? What would happen if we walked into McDonald's and McDonald's says, hey, this is a white owned company. And the only people that we're servicing is white people. The same with Burger King, Wendy's, Walmart, everything. What would black people do? We would be automatically in a compromising situation. And it would be pandemonium.
Do you hear me? So that's one for you all to grow on. Thanks again for choosing to listen to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. I really do appreciate you all. And thanks for checking in today.